Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Hey, Shafee, what should we talk about on the podcast tonight? On the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, the insects are chirping as the commuter rail flashes by in the night on Matthew Rampey's back porch, from which nice views of Venus and the moon and Jupiter can be seen if you were to exit the porch and look on the other side of the house. I actually can't see it now, uh, but but they're out there. They're up there. I saw them while I was driving over, uh, and I'm glad I did. It's another beautiful Texas late summer evening. There's definitely something like a chill sneaking into the air. Oh, it's not cold. Not cold at all. No, sir. But there's there's a hint of it. There's a hint of what what is to come. And what is to come will not be will not be as hot as what is now. I'm pleased to report. I've got another exciting episode of One Magical Hour here for you. Episode 113, if you can believe it. I uh, got some classic uh, some classic talk here for you. Maybe a maybe a segment or two that you're familiar with. Maybe not. We don't know. Very much uh, on the fly this Friday night. Uh, and I'm flying my co my co pilot on this crazy flight is this guy. He is the pride of Tarzana, California, known in uh, folk ch children's folk rock circuits all around the world. Uh, he is a Montserrat mistaker and a Martinique mistaker. He's Matthew Ramby. Hello, Matthew. When I feel so much depends on the podcast. So are you listening in your bedroom and you see a Chevy and I in disarray? So would you post a share? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there. Partially because last week I really took it too far with that Tom Sawyer parody. I, I listened back and first thing, it was the cringiest parody. That I've done, I'm, and I've done some cringy parodies. I've cringed listening back. I've done some good ones, but some I'm like, oh, ooh, I don't know. But I mean, the Tom Sawyer thing brought up a great story. I really enjoyed you sharing that, and it gave, <laughs> it reinforced my love of the song. But Jiminy Christmas, the, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the parody. Have you, have you even listened? Uh, I have First not, thing, no. they, I can see in your in your eyes that you haven't seen it, or uh, heard it, but. Uh, the, give it a listen. I definitely it's episode you. 112 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew Schaefer podcast spectacular. I think making Tom... This Sawyer, is episode 113, lucky number 113. Taking Tom Sawyer and making it weirder is... That's not a bad thing. Like, only good can come of it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I managed to make it weirder. <laughs> and your story made it weirder. Your story, like, cemented the fact that you... You need be spaghetti brain to have a prog rock brain fog. You you basically told an instructional guide on how to reach prog rock brain fog. Atlantic City, 
First, start making fun of Rush. <laughs> Next, doubt yourself for a second and pull up the lyrics. But you're too drunk and you're too excited and you don't care. You're going on to the next thing. It was a great story. At one point I said, we're still talking about Rush here? <laughs> uh, so I thought I'd keep my STP uh, parody short, which really it could have been <laughs> much longer. Oh, Where are you going with this podcast? Um, it took me a minute, you know. It took me a minute. I was... I was like, all right, this is not Pearl Jam. You no, couldn't, I was you like, couldn't remember this who is not Temple track. of the Dog. You might have thought it was Alice in Chains. This is not Sound this is not Soundgarden. This is not Alice in Chains. And I was like, oh, it's that it's that band that is singularly derivative of them all. <laughs> it's it's Scott Weiland, right? And Stone yeah. Violence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think they were derivative. I mean they were that was they definitely were like they were emblematic of the time. That song was huge. Yeah. Played lot a lot of play during that time and um i love that song you know the lyrics of that song are weird and wonderful too uh schaefer mentioned a oh a ladybug just alighted on my arm out here i feel so lucky um that's good luck in romania schaefer just mentioned i wish we were in romania (laughs) right now um schaefer mentioned the hint of autumn it's it's funny how it can. It's still calendar summer, I guess, until the twenty first. Mm-hmm. And and uh, here in Austin, Texas, you can still be sweating your ass off in a late October it as was well. Degrees today. It was hot. To, it was hot today. But the the other things are changing. the The angle of the sun is changing, and then we have had we had a stretch of humidity, man, and we had a few dry days and that was really delightful and another affront's coming like on tuesday i saw that I'm anyway about it. it's a, it's always a great triumph of the human spirit just to make it through another summer here the the like, Austin, like the humidity area. drops to 30 percent, and you're like this is so wonderful so it's beautiful I, I, out. I pay attention beautiful. i pay attention to that dew point <laughs> like unbelievable this is just another old man thing i'm doing is like I am, the father of children <laughs> i am just i'm watching that dew point i don't know if you know but the temperature can never go below the dew point so if you have dew points in the 70s like if I, you know you wake up what's <laughs> echo what's the temperature and it's like 79 in the morning it's like oh man it's gonna be hot. but um yeah i it's funny how you can you can get a hint of autumn without it actually cooling down at all. Things start, you know, leaves start falling off trees and, you know, I mean, it's still wanting it to go to the pool. my mental state anyway. Which part? The the promise of autumn? The hint of autumn? The hint, yeah. Um, Even though I know it's going to be hot for another six to ten weeks. The, uh, the, the where possum and I have a, a bit that we do yeah. where we go. Did you feel that? That's a, just a little bit of autumn. You feel it? <laughs> Slight as breeze. <laughs> but we've made it through another one. Huzzah. It was a mild summer, too. It was like no big deal. I, I, with my old bones, I'm just doing it so easily these days. But Yeah, you know, I just, I was thinking about that today. I mean, I, time just passes so much more quickly these days. Like I blink, and you know, even though it was a hot, you know, 
and the summer's gone. Long summer, it's like I blink and it's over. So what's the big deal anyway? Well, you you gotta get into you gotta get cannonball in, run towards death. <laughs> you gotta get into Ram Dass and just be here now, bro. It'll help. <laughs> um, yeah, the death cult. That's what I wanted to talk about. That no, I wanted to talk first. I wanted to talk about that drop, that delightful drop. Uh, your, oh, ne- your nephew, you wanna, your nephew Shafi. You want to talk butts? I mean, there's that's the. <laughs> Subject matter of tonight's episode one thirteen, the butts episode. Butts episode. Poop coming out of butts. Yeah, kids. Yeah. What is what is the what is it about the three year old mind and butts? Why like? I mean, obviously, there's the. I mean, it's there's this, the thrill of the forbidden. It's this thing that your body does that's taboo, and you got to do it in private, and it's got to go away immediately, or everybody gets sick in the village. Yeah. You're like, what is that? I mean, it's the. Is that why it's, it's so taboo? Because it used to cause disease. Yeah. I mean, it's the yin and yang of the universe. Like, your face is beautiful and the food you eat is delicious. And then your butt, you have to cover up and not show anyone. Yeah. And that's where Dirty. the food is turned into this Scary horrible naughty. thing that is an explicit word in a lot of its versions. We, you can say scat or something acceptable. We, but. We, if you need more things to say, I, me and the kids came up with a new euphemism for for scatological matters. Okay. Would you like to hear it? Hit me. It, it's, uh, it's, it's Spanish. It's mocos de panelones. Oh, see. Si. Uh, so trouser con, boogers. Conozco mocos de panelones. Uh, <laughs> so that came from... Uh, from us talking, just Dottie and Shafee and I were messing around, and somehow it came up that Shafee could eat a whole lot of hot dogs, and he was bragging about all the hot dogs he could eat, mm. and he said that he could eat so many hot dogs that he would sneeze hot dogs, and I was like, well, no, Shafee, I don't imagine that they would come out of your nose, and, you know, I was like, they eat a lot of hot dogs, they're still going to come out of your butt, right? Mm, and you're gonna, right. you're gonna, and then so there was you're gonna sneeze them out of your butt, and then mm. it was beca- then it became mocos de pantalones. So uh, <laughs> everybody needs an uncle like you. <laughs> you know, you, you mean that you can you can really chop it but up with you, you can, can explore, figure things. <laughs> you can't talk to your dad about some of this stuff. You, know? you need an uncle. <laughs> anyway, it was really fun, and like, and you know, as the uncle, like. You know, the parents have to, like, worry if their kid's only talking about butts, you know, constantly. But as the uncle, you can just, you can be gleeful and happy and enjoy the, enjoy yeah. the butts and laugh about it. Yeah, the <laughs> uncle gig is pretty sweet. <laughs> pretty sweet. It's it's uh, a little less stressed than the dad uh, role. So, am I an uncle? Yeah, I'm an uncle, too. But, uh but I don't have any time to spend with my nieces and nephews because I'm raising my own kids. And they're not here in town either. That doesn't help. That's right. Yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, like there's, I guess there's probably still like a, maybe like a two to five year window for me when I, I mean, it would be possible for me to have kids even longer than that. But like, I would say probably 49 is me personally. Like I would say, I don't want to have kids after 49. To me, having done it, it seems like an upper limit. Yeah. I, I had my first kid when I was 35, and I thought I was old then. 
Um, <laughs> and I, you know, like soon into it, I realized how like, like physically demanding it is the relentless nature of child rearing. <laughs> and, um, I, I, that's at that moment is when I thought, of course, I never wanted to have kids when I was young. I wanted to mm-hmm. be free and travel the world. And I, I feel like I did all that. I feel like I did it at an age appropriate time. And, but then when I had them, I was like, oh, I see why this is for younger people because mm-hmm. this is uh, intense. But I also wonder if maybe, you know, it's better to have older parents. When you're older, you know, you're just generally more relaxed about things. Yeah. You know, you got a little bit better of a philosophy. You know who you are. You're a little more relaxed in your place in this, in this world. So, you know, it might help you a little bit with some of the some of the stuff that's really agonizing about kids. You know, it makes you, like, question, like, oh, am I screwing this human up or whatever? Like, well, old people know that everybody ends up screwed up. <laughs> we were talking before the cast, and, you know, what is so screwed up is that they, they at least my kids, uh, uh, they... To a boy and a girl, they fight all the time. They just squabble constantly. Mm-hmm. And and if we if we leave the room for one second, if we take our our attention off them for one second, they just they go at it, and that makes things very stressful. And you were saying that your niece and nephew do the same exactly thing. the yeah. same, yeah. And you know, so I've always thought that there's like some people are from like an ancient warrior class just more savage than others and i was reading i was well i was googling i googled something about that and there is something called the warrior gene i found some articles about uh warrior gene predicts aggressive behavior after provocation in some you know actual scientific journals this is chronicled it's the uh It's the MAOA. It's an enzyme that breaks down important neurotransmitters in the in the brain, including dopamine, nor norepinephrine, and serotonin. And the enzyme is regulated by the MAOA. And humans have various forms of the gene, resulting in different levels of enzymatic activity in people with a low activity form. M-A-O-A-L produces less of the enzyme and the high activity form is M-A-O-A-H. And some studies have found a correlation between the low activity form of M-A-O-A and aggression in observational and survey-based studies. Only about a third of people in Western populations have a low activity form of this enzyme. It may have reported to be much more frequent in some populations that had a history of warfare. You know, it's probably because I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I could only speculate. Cause you're not, uh, you don't have a healthy outlet for this stuff or what? Uh, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about... I have felt like I was too savage for polite society from time to time. And I can see my kids struggling with that. And there is this whole process with kids where you have to, like, break the baser forms of behavior, action, and reaction. And you have to teach somebody to fit into a highly organized society that 
tolerates, a, you know, a zero toleration for aggressive behavior unless it can get directed into sports, you know, or if there are other like acceptable forms of channeling your aggression, martial arts and, and wh whatever it is, it could be art, you know, you could channel your aggression into art, but otherwise, you know, there's just like antisocial behavior in a society as crowded as ours is like, it's, it's gone. And, and maybe in previous times, this like aggression would have been useful for raiding or, yeah, or protecting, and you would be a warrior and you would, you, there would be a different valuation of this sort of traits. Um, yeah. Okay. So I've thought about this a lot because something that I have noticed, I feel like, you know, and this is definitely a generalization, but I feel this like... This whole podcast is generalizations, just to be specific. I feel like in a lot of kind of large families with a bunch of siblings, it seems to me like there, it always breaks down to like one sibling is kind of naturally successful and well-balanced, you know? And, uh, and then maybe one sibling is more like unconventionally successful... You know, and then one sibling is kind of just like a whack job or whatever, you know, I don't know. Uh, and then, and, 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 you know, I, like I thought about it and, you know, the vast part of human human history, you know, we, we, we lived, we, you know, we only, we've only been in a post-industrial society, you know, kind of urban-based society for, you know, less than 200 years right now, right? right? Just yeah. a little over 100 years. Yeah. So, like, all those other thousands of years, we were living in societies where, you know, like, the one kid, like, the oldest son would inherit everything, and that's the one who that goes to. And then maybe if it's a good idea if you have a daughter, because maybe you can use her to marry off to somebody and improve uh, relations with your neighbors, right? And then you want to have another son that you can send into the army so that the, so that your township or whatever your small group can have a have a good solid army, you know, and then and then maybe and then I think you know after that it's when you kind of get into like the whack job territory, like the one <laughs> who you know. So you think by the fourth child you're in whack job territory. I don't feel like you know, yeah. So, but and they don't necessarily. All apologies to all the fourth kids. Yeah, they don't, the it doesn't break down that easily, but it, right. it just. Uh, it just like that because it seems to me like no matter how well balanced the parents are, you know, had like there's a million different different ways of raising kids. You know, you can be rich, you can be poor, you can, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, uh, they can uh, kind of always it just kind of ends up breaking up that way. And I wonder if that's like kind of a genetic, uh, like a little bit of an evolutionary thing or condition. Uh, I mean, I think there's all kinds of evolutionary and genetic things you know that now playing into our behavioral patterns that we're just now sorting about that understand. now now that we're not you know all constantly at war with each other you know at least not you know with our neighbors necessarily obviously there's still problems but and then that's actually the next topic kind of what you were said about polite society forced to live in polite society uh such as it is like oh like all oh, this stuff doesn't necessarily apply anymore well, I agree, but let me take that to the next topic. Let's get a little. I got to go with the sample robot because the main robot, the, like I say, the power source is messed up. I so like the sample this, robot. the sample robot's going to be.
taken over for a bit while maybe I get the OG uh, <laughs> Korg Electri back. Um, we want to look at it like the war <laughs> sort of aspect of it. And, you know, I mean, is of the past, but really it's like we're still constantly at war, right? You know, like, and then in right now in America, it seems like it's, it's so foobar with how divisive everything is. And it, it's been going in that direction. And I don't know, man, right now with the vaccines and the, the battle over the vaccines and masking and uh, I found a this this is actually finally we have a segment here. <laughs> Wait, this is a news cruise. I'm not even going to play the old news cruise. I'm just going to do this. Um, we're going to go to the B. We're going to go to the BBC for an article I just stumbled upon this evening. It, look, it was only posted two hours ago. The moment QAnon took the person I love most. And this is like a personal tale of somebody whose mother, you know, got into QAnon. And then now they can't even have like a relationship at all. Nicole's mother. Um, uh, One day last year, Nicole's mom sent her an article with a list of more than 100 celebrities who opposed then President Trump. These celebrities, the article claimed, were going to get arrested and executed on live TV. And I was like, why would you want this? Why would you even want to see this, Nicole said. Nicole's mother replied that the celebrities listed like Beyonce and Ellen DeGeneres harvested children's blood for youth and energy. That's when I knew she was in a cult. A death cult. (laughs) The death cult of, of America. Um. I don't know. Feels but feels tense, man. I think the the celebrity that's most likely to be harvesting children's blood is obviously Tom Brady, and he's a he's I a know, modern right? guy. So obviously, that this is overgrown. Maybe Speaking of cults, there we seem to be being attacked by a ladybug cult. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that happens. One magical nation. There's like a half a dozen ladybugs on the porch ceiling above us. That happens from time to time here. It's exciting. Um, the ladybug plague of 20... I'm sorry to bring up QAnon again. And, and um, But th- this article goes on to talk about some other stories of people who like, I'm having my wedding and my mom and dad are totally not going to get vaccinated. And I'm like, well, everybody needs to be vaccinated. And they just... Um, I Her mother said, I understand where you're coming from, but we're not getting vaccinated. <laughs> um so, wow, good times. To me, it seems like the war just has changed. The war between people has changed. And the tribes are different. And it's it's like, uh, but, but, but everybody's got a side. Do you think it's been like that for always? Just like divergent ideas. Surely since the beginning of humans. I mean, Using yes. language to communicate. These this these guys have this idea and these guys have this idea and they're divergent and divisive and it yes. separates them. We've definitely always been divided. And yes, there's always been weird conspiracy theories and cults. Just it, don't. it makes me feel better to think of it in terms of like there's nothing new under the sun and 
it's always been this way. <laughs> so, yeah. A real Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire moment. It just, it's so funny because, you know, we were, we were, when we were growing up, the dissidents were, they were the left, you know, they were the punk rockers. They were the people fighting the government. They're the people, you know, embracing revolution. And now it's, it's like the well, Fox Newsers who are actually attacking the Capitol. It's just I, so confusing. I mean, but if you see it like that, I mean, liberalism did take hold for, you know, a good 30 year swath, I think, after the 80s. Kind of. But through, if you consider, um, are you, you gonna know, call like the Clintons and then through and then you call George W. Bush the middle of the road or no? But I mean, I think that culturally America had had embraced liberalism a lot more. Like the counterculture became the main culture by the two thousands. You know. Okay. Sure. Yeah. The, um, you know. Yeah. Sure. By the by by any by any measure of like how people live their lives like lifestyles be, have had become more accepted than ever yeah through m most of europe and, and america and the so americas i would say so that i mean just like you don't necessarily have to have the left in political power because that's always going to pendulum you know but but i know what you mean like the, the right is stronger and more like galvanized because they ha they have felt attacked I see. Yeah, uh, the acceptance you know, of alternative lifestyles yes, and stuff push these yes, guys out. The yeah. All right, that and makes and sense. And those yeah. are the. I mean, those are the. Obviously, those are the um, push button issues. That's not push button. Hot button. <laughs> Hot pocket. Dog whistles. <laughs> so there's a really sad and upsetting uh, news cruise I got for everybody. Cruise. <laughs> okay. Uh, just on the way over here, I was listening to. Our podfathers, Luke and Andrew. Oh, I I thought you would like cleanse before our cast. I, I can't believe you were listening to right before our cast. <laughs> yeah, right before I was. I oh, had a little catch up. Cheapens to do. what we have together. <laughs> okay. But I was excited to hear uh, that Ken Jennings is now one of the co-hosts of Jeopardy. It's a done deal, so that's cool. Is Maya Bialik yeah. also? Yeah, she's still on. So how do they do that? They just well, rotate. I think the way it was working before was Miami Bialik is doing like special ones. Like she does like the college bowl and oh, celebrity bowl uh -huh. and stuff like that. I see. And then, and then the that day. guy, the guy who they canceled was supposed to do the regular day to day host. So I guess it'll still be the same. My will do the, the special stuff. And then Ken Jen will be the, uh, day -day, which I think is great. Yeah, I think cool. he's the perfect. You know, for sure. For sure. He was the, the, one. the, the uh, greatest Viking of apart from <laughs> of Jeopardy history. Apart from Jordy LaForge, like oh yeah, I wanted Lavar Burton. I was That's pulling right. for him for sure. You know, just I mean mostly because he's a black dude, and you know it's very well, and he's just awesome. Yeah, and he was Jordy. Um, but Ken Jennings is awesome too. He's very. I uh, take umbrage. <laughs> I love, I'm a huge fan that's, of him. That's fine. That's fine. He's I like fine. Him a lot. He, I find him a little irritating, but I don't want I don't want him at my at my party. I can see that. But, I do want him at my party. But, but uh, I understand where you're coming from. You know, he could be a polarizing figure. 
Who's that guy with him in his podcast? John Roderick. That guy's Bean Dead. That guy's great. Did you know that that's Bean Dead? I kind of had some idea. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because, you know, I, I did that thing on Bean Dead. The Bean Dad even, of Frozen Yogurt. That was before I even listened oh, to Tom Oh, he was Bean Dad. Yeah. Oh. John Roderick no. is Bean Dad. <laughs> huh. It Funny. took me a while to put it all together. Okay. And he made his kid eat the beans? No, it was all like this totally missing. He told his kid that if she wanted the beans from the can, oh, she, had to open she had to open them with the can opener. And, but it's the the internet made it out to be he wasn't giving her any food for like seven hours. I don't know. He, like she could eat whatever she wanted. She just didn't. She wasn't allowed to have that the beans from that particular can right. until she figured out how to open it. That sounds like good parenting. Yeah. I definitely, you know, John Roderick, having listened to Omnibus, I've listened to literally hundreds of Omnibus episodes now. Um, so I, and I think I can speak to both Ken Jennings and John Roderick's characters. They're both good, genuinely good people. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think Ken Jen is a bad dude. I mean, I'm happy for him to be be the host. I, I think it's I think it's cool what he did on Jeopardy. It's just like something about him is just a little he's he is he a he here's the thing, he knows it all. Yeah, he really does. And he did, and he definitely does. So it's it's he fine. Like, you know it all. If, <laughs> he's he 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 practiced what he preaches. He's walking the walk. Yeah. He's doing his thing and that's cool. I just find him just slightly irritating and I love Jeopardy and of course Still sad about the passing of Alex Trebek, and I mean, it's really was like, r- was rooting for Lavar Burton. Can you think of a time like when there just like was absolutely no one to properly fill like, the role that was vacated? Like, like you know, like remember when John Stewart took over for The Daily Show? I was like, Craig Kilborn is the perfect host of The Daily Show. Wait, well, who's hosted The Daily Show before John Stewart? Craig Kilborn. Oh. Uh, and I and I thought he was hilarious and okay. an amazing host. Uh-huh. And John Stewart came in, and I was like, oh, yeah, he did. Okay. Like, it's just change, you know. He ended up taking it over and you know making it into something amazing, even more than it was before. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, and and I, you know, there were people who don't like Roger Moore and James Spader. I, 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 I like Roger Moore. And, uh, Management management at Dunder Mifflin from Steve Carell. Oh, he did. <laughs> Is that right? That's in the show. Yeah. All right. I, I must not have seen that latter <laughs> latter part. Is that at the very end? Yeah. Okay. You should. The James Spader. I love James Spader. Really funny, actually. He really like. He really like leans into the weird. Oh, it's really. I'd funny. like to revisit that for sure. <laughs> so let's see. I mean, obviously they're. There are presidents who made us miss previous presidents. That doesn't, you know, there's been so many. What's the topic? What are we talking about? Any, like, 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 uh, Alex Trebek vacating Jeopardy and just, like, having absolutely no one to replace him, it seems like. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, they did a good job of finding some good candidates. I like the... That last top three that we're talking about. So LeVar Burton's out. Like he's Levar, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess unless like oh my God, that could have been a good gig for him. What's he? What's he doing? What's, that fucking does he have Mike, a podcast? Mike Richardson guy really just screwed everything up for everybody. Yeah, he seemed like a real crumb bum. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Listen to the last few weeks of TBTL if you need to know about the Mike Richardson story arc. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I haven't been watching to, <laughs> watching. I keep saying watching when I mean listening because it's really theater of the mind. Um, <laughs> you mean our podcast? Um, <laughs> totally lost my train of thought. What are we doing? Are we doing a podcast here? Um, do, you haven't do, listened to TBTL in a while. I, I haven't listened to TBTL in a while. And um, do you want to call Alex? <laughs> we could try. Let's call Alex. I, I haven't talked to Alex in so long. This is the opposite of Gat At You. This is where the podcast calls you. We're going to call Alex Battles our... our Will you hit that JBL thing so that... Our executive... I can Bluetooth into it? Yeah. Let's see. Is that going to work? I pro- maybe I need to take out the... Oh, there it goes. Um... He might not answer, and we've have we done this before where we tried to call someone? I don't think uh, we've ever done it on the on done it called like this. No, it's exciting. Going to new places. I've been meaning to do this. Call somebody cold. I gotta get ready for like a voicemail. Um, I'd like to do a. I'd like to do a, an impression if we leave a voicemail. How about her? What's what's my best impression? <laughs> well, uh, Alex Battles, this is Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Will you turn the turn the speaker off? And Nancy, that, <laughs> that was my Reagan. Did you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. All right, turn the speaker off and turn it back on again. Yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta hold this button. I think to do it. Sorry. Um, there you go. Got her. Yeah. Wait, I, I think you got her. Here, play the play the drop. This is all for. Uh, call- <laughs> this is this is all for a call to Alex Battles that he's probably not even going to answer. Yeah, but I, I kind of hope he doesn't answer because that means that Matthew's going to do his oh, Ronald Reagan impersonation. <laughs> well, Alex, you're doing a great job fighting the commies in the Cold War. Uh, mm-hmm. Keep getting those. <laughs> this, this is so much fun. You're live on the podcast. What does that mean? The podcast is not live. We're recording it right now. What do you mean recording? <laughs> Who is this? No, he's not going to answer. We're going straight. People. We're going straight to voicemail. Get, are you ready to do? You want me to do my Reagan? I'm ready. Battles, please leave a message. Thank you. It's a really professional outgoing. The mailbox is full and can. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, what were you going to say? That was awesome. Now, do it for Alex now. Uh, Alex, uh, this is Ron. Just want to let you know you're doing a great job as a double agent in the Cold War. We're, we're, uh, we're winning, Alex. We're winning. Um, keep it up. Keep selling those arms to the Sandinistas. All right, over and out. Reagan forever. <laughs> what do you think? My Reagan? It's somewhere between uh, <laughs> between Clint Eastwood and uh, Christian Slater. 
that's exactly how I see Reagan in my mind's eye. It's the theater of the mind. Well, that failed. So let's do a poem just to make the to make the listeners and make us feel a little better. Okay. Um, okay. Hope, how about a poem? Guys? I hope that you brought a poem. It's I a, will. I can always find a poem. Alex is probably going to call us back right after we stop recording, and that'll be that'll be sad. Poetry Corner. Dig the sustain, man. Things I've learned from you and from my radio. If I ever plan to motor west, I think I'll travel your way. Your barely perceptible movements have been inspirational as you've dragged yourself with your lips across my kitchen floor. You make Catatonia look as comfortable and smooth as a motor coach. On the other hand, I could travel the highways and byways of the out-of-body, blow through weird Nevada on a late-night airwave, waving cheerfully at sleeping eyelids. Yeah, man. A weird poem for a weird cast. Man. <laughs> One thirteen. Yeah. Hey guys, just give us another chance. I promise one four episodes. Stick around for one fourteen. Maybe I'll start editing. Who knows? It's gotta be better. All right. Well one thirteen. We love you. Love you too. The poor of the choices. Well, it was all the sweet and wine that I can do to keep from crying. Sometimes it seems so useless to remain. You don't have to call me darling, darling. You never even call me by my name. You don't have to. Call me Phelan Jennings, and you don't have to call me Charlie Fry, and you don't have to call me Merle Haggard anymore, even though you're on my fighting side. I've heard my name a few times in your phone book, and I've seen it on signs where I'm placed, 
I shouldn't have kept going. He said, the David Allen Coe thing now, I was trying to come up with a better rhyme for it. Like, the only time your voice rattles out Alex Battles. <laughs> well, if you like it, maybe it'll work. I don't know. You're better at that shit than I am. Um, what do you do when you sing that song? Hey.